This issue of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo at cryptidzoo.com. Cryptid Zoo is basically a t-shirt line that's uniquely and strangely infused with augmented reality, and it's inspired by cryptozoology folklore figures like the Bigfoot. All the shirts are designed and hand screen printed on 100% cotton pre-shrunk t-shirts by the artist and owner of Cryptid Zoo, our friend Julian Meyer. You gotta see it. You hover your smartphone over the shirt and it does stuff on the screen. It's pretty crazy. It just comes to life. You gotta see it. So please check out cryptidzoo.com and also use the promotional code Sunspots Comics. That's right, and you'll get 30% off your purchase. Most of the Cryptid Zoo shirts are about 27 bucks. So it's a great deal, and that's with tax and shipping included before the discount. So don't forget, use Sunspots Comics as your promo code on cryptidzoo.com and you'll get a big discount. And that is C-R-Y-P-T-I-D-Zoo.com. Total solar eclipse of my heart. Did you see it? I didn't. But anyway, (laughs) hey there, hi there, ho there. You're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 121. Covering all the new comic books that came out on Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, August 23rd, that I read. And this particular podcast guarantees to only make your eye sockets happy and not damage them in any way, shape, or form if you look directly at it. I am your 2025 visioned comic book loving host, Chris Latore. Thank you so much for joining us right here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I hope that you and yours are all good. And right here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast... Using hundreds of years of comic book reading experience and presented in my own uniquely positively charged way, I recommend, review, discuss my favorite picks of the best new comic books that came out this week. So by the end of each podcast, you will know the best comic books to get so you can fill your lives with the joy that the best comic books often bring and save some time and save some cash. That's what it's all about. So please tell a nerd loved one and never miss any issues of the Sunspots Comics Podcast just by subscribing to it. And of course, following along on all the social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, even YouTube, all at one place, Sunspots Comics. That's right, just look up at Sunspots Comics, you'll find us on everything. Two fast thank yous. Thank you to, of course, the dude that's singing our theme song, Nick Papa George. It's wonderful, I love it. Please follow him out and check him out on Facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell Music. And also thank you to my son, Justin Jables Latori, for his work on the brand new Sunspots Scene podcast. That's right. The Sunspots Comics universe is expanding. It's Jables and his two friends, Moises and Matt, talking about movies and TV shows of all genres, not just comic books. So if you subscribe to the Sunspots Comics podcast, you'll already see it right there on the feed. So check it out. It's a fun, good time. And also, he does our blog. You can follow that at blog.sunspotscomics.com and check out his Instagram, at just sunspots. But yeah, super proud of him. Check out the Sunspots Scene podcast. It's only on issue number two that'll be posting very soon, but you can check out number one. It is already available on the feed. Just go over to the feed. And right now, it's free comic book time. Yes, I still have a couple of free comics I want to give out. I have two paper copies of Saga, issue number 43, Yes, that's right, two. I want you to, one for yourself and one to pay for it and give to a loved one. 
And it's a paper comic, no digital codes. I'm going to physically mail it to a person. All you got to do is send me an email, tell me briefly what your favorite comic book is and why, and I will pick a winner at random, and I will actually mail you two issues of Saga issue 43. It's from Image Comics. It's a multiple, multiple Eisner winner. Saga's written by Brian K. Vaughn, art by Fiona Staples. Beautiful, fantastic, jumping on point, by the way, because Saga goes Western. Alana and Marco are in search of this place to figure out what to do with their unborn child that's uh, died inside of her. Yeah, it's sci-fi madness. That's only just the tip of the iceberg. But uh, just check it out. Uh, you're going to love it. And I'll send you two free issues. Just email me, chris at sunspotscomics.com with your name and address, of course, and what your favorite current comic book is and why. And I'll select a, rumor, a winner and announce it right here on a future podcast. So good luck. Just shoot me an email at chris at sunspotscomics.com. Tell me what your favorite comic book is. And I'll hopefully be mailing out some two paper comics out to you. Saga issue number 43. So let's get into the Sunspots Comics podcast, issue number 121, starting out with some stuff floating around in my nerd brain. Yes, the first, the largest nugget of nerd is just a little bit of comic book, movie, and TV news, and it's just one thing this week. It's the Gotham Season 4 teaser trailer. It's available now. You can see it. It's about 46 seconds long, and it's, uh, man, talk about um, him... Bruce Wayne finally kind of getting closer to his destiny here. He's hanging out on rooftops. He's almost wearing a cape and cowl. I mean, almost. Uh, Alfred's trying to talk him out of it, of course. And he says, oh, Master Wayne, there's a time for masks and there is a time for Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Love that guy. But uh, also you can see the new Scarecrow outfit, which looks very Batman Begins-ish. Very frightening. And I'm going to check out Gotham Season 4. I haven't completely committed to it all the way. I, I sprinkle in. I, I check out an episode here and there. I kind of watch the finales. It's been okay. But I don't know. For some reason, I'm kind of super excited about Season 4. So it's coming out this fall. You should definitely check it out. I am going to. That basically closes the comic book movie and TV news this week. Very light. But also on Minerd Brain is, as I said from issue 120 last week, Marvel's Defenders on Netflix, Season 1. It's fully available. You can binge the whole eight episodes. It's there. You can check it out. I've only seen uh, Episodes 1 through 3. And by the way, I won't be spoiling it, so no worries there. I'm just going to tell you, you should see this. I definitely recommend it. Even if you didn't see all the other solo seasons, uh, because I was talking to someone recently and they were like, oh, I don't even want to give it a try because I didn't see Daredevil 1 and 2 and Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. I said, you know what? Don't worry about all that. Just jump into this. They'll kind of explain things. Maybe it'll inspire you to kind of go back and watch the solo seasons, but you can kind of just jump in. And I'll just kind of briefly tell you that by episode three, finally, they've kind of picked up the pace. One and two were a little bit slow in my opinion. And you finally get to see the Defenders assemble. Yes. And I mean, I'm a little more in the old school of things. I personally hope that we get to see them all in costumes, bringing more of that comic book feeling to the show. I know I'm of the minority here, but I think, I mean, everything nowadays, uh, up to, I mean, all the comic book TV shows, movies, etc., they're getting, they're doing perfectly fine with these costumes. I mean, I know they can ride the line and it can be a gray area of being very cheesy, but they've been very successful. I think we're past all of that now. Uh, Netflix, don't be afraid. Just uh, put these, these characters in costume. We love to see that. I do, as older school folks like to see it. And I know the newer generation don't mind so much, but it, it has something to do with nostalgia for us old timers, I know. 
but you should embrace it. Next Netflix, just uh, in my opinion, it's it's a good idea. And anyway, uh, I I know I don't think we're gonna see any of that. By the way, it's just gonna be Daredevil in his costume, and that's all. But that's fine. But it is super good, and I say go watch the Def- Defenders as soon as possible. It's good stuff. Don't worry about the solo seasons if you've missed them. Just jump right into the Defenders and enjoy it. When they all come together and, like I said, assemble, that's just the kind of where your nerd heart starts to go thumpity-thumpity-thump. Good stuff. Also, another thing lodged up in my nerd lobes is Long Beach Comic Con is coming up September 2nd and 3rd, Saturday and Sunday. Not only uh, will Dave Gibbons of Watchmen fame uh, be there, uh, Tony Harris of Ex Machina and Blood Blister, great Aftershock series, check that out. They have like 106 different kinds of panels offered for the attendees from like manga to to comics to animation to movies to cosplay to all kinds of stuff to even exploring space itself so just a a, an eclectic diverse blend of panels that are offered for every attendee and i mean a giant artist alley planned this year so that's where i spend most of my time if you go to long beach comic con you'll probably see me kind of stalkering around there (laughs) Um, and the long beach convention center it has a giant floor space, so there's going to be just tons of shopping and cool little doodads, nerdy doodads for everybody. So tickets are still available. Go to longbeachcomiccon.com to get your tickets, and maybe I'll see you there. Come say hello. Look for Chris at Sunspots Comics. And the last thing on my nerd brain is that I'm actually writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. Yes. I'm doing the writing, the coloring, the lettering, and my friend Jordan Hudson is doing his amazing art for it. It's beautiful. Check out his Instagram, please. At Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is gorgeous. Thank you, my friend Jordan. Also, I just posted uh, five pages, five sample pages. Uh, these The cover art and pages one through four of my comic, Zombie Destroyers, on our website. So all you got to do to see it is go to sunspotscomics.com, click on Zombie Destroyers, and you can check them out there. And just a quick Zombie Destroyers update. We have wrapped on page 24. I submitted page 25 to Jordan, so he's still sort of digesting it, going over it. We kind of hammer out some stuff. I send him a visual reference of things in my own kind of goofy, weird way. And he's kind of rolling now with starting to do the penciling for page 25, which is the very important Zombie Destroyers weapons presentation page. That's all I'm going to really tell you. And uh, it was really a tricky way to find kind of a a unique way for my weapons to look for kind of grasping them out of my mind and and describing it to Jordan but I also wanted them to stay true to kind of simple weapons design because I think that if you get too nuts it's just otherworldly and not I don't know I wanted it to have a to be weighted in in sort of a real world feel to them but ultimately they appeal to me and that's what's uh, from from advice from Stan Lee Stan the master is to you know write what you love and write what appeals to you and that's that's definitely what I'm trying to stay true to with my comic comic book zombie destroyers. So it's going to be a ton of fun. Can't wait to hope uh, can't wait to show it to you. We are hoping to release Zombie Destroyers issue number 1 hopefully later this year. And please go again to sunspotscomics.com, click on Zombie Destroyers to see five sample pages of the comic book that I'm creating. So check it out. And next up, I just want to quickly mention there's going to be some uh, interviews coming up in the segment that I love on our podcast called Spotlighting. So basically, it's where I get together with uh, people in the comic book business that are trying to make it, that are struggling to get into the business. And we have just kind of a nice little sit-down, nerdy chit-chat that uh, I try to make uh, it, it positive and keep it flowing right and ask the questions that I have myself as a comic book creator. 
And if you yourself are a writer, an artist, a colorist, a letter in the comic book business, you're either doing it or you're trying to get into it, just uh, hit me up. Send me a copy of your review work to my email, chris at sunspotscomics.com. Send me a message on all the social media, of course, at Sunspots Comics. And maybe we can get together, have a nice little chit-chat right here on the podcast, and get our listeners to know what your work is all about. And we've had about 15 previous interviews and in previous podcasts so go check out the feed you'll see the interviews listed there in the title of them so there's a bunch of them there they're good stuff they're a ton of fun check out a bunch of really just awesome people in the comic book biz out there doing it or trying to do it it's good stuff so check out the feed so now on to my favorite part of the sunspots comics podcast which is our comic book reviews and recommendations where I pick my favorites, the best of the best comic books that came out New Comic Book Day, August 23rd. And of course, semi-spoiler-ish warning alert. Uh, you don't really have to worry though because I leave the last couple of pages alone. I only co- cover really a couple of the interesting points of a comic just to get you, just to entice you, just to tickle your f- behind with a feather and get you inspired to really just go and buy these comic books. So I, I really try to just harness my powers of persuasion and inspire you to buy these comic books. But just in case, if you're a spoiler purist, which I kind of am, and uh, I really don't go there, so don't worry, but you have been warned. Spoilerish alert. Also, to see everything that I'm reading, all of my favorite picks of the week since May of 2015, just go to sunspotscomics.com, click on the pull list. You'll see now that my pull list has gone from 116 down to 107. That's right. It's kind of been, I've been chiseling it down a little bit because I'm going to be focusing on coloring my comic book Zombie Destroyer. So the pull list is shrinking a smidge, but all it's doing is making the criteria for a best picked comic book that much harder. So trust me on the top picks there, folks. I'm really doing a lot of research. I'm reading them four or five times and I'm just getting the best of the best to give to you. And also click on the top comic books of the week on sunspotscomics.com because you'll see all the past picks. So if you just want to know, you know, I wonder what was like his favorite pick three months ago. It's there. I wonder what his favorite pick of the his third favorite pick of the week was was in May of 2015. It's all there. I just updated, compacted sunspotscomics.com. I do it every single week. I'm super proud of it. So go and check it out, please. And this week's artist winner. Every week I pick an artist winner and a cover artist winner. And this was amazing uh, art, which I've loved continually. Uh, The artist winner this week is David Rubin. He's done a comic called Ether. Go and check out Ether from uh, from Dark Horse Comics. It's wonderful. But his uh, art on Black Hammer number 12 has won him the title of artist winner this week. And please follow him on uh, Twitter at David Rubin, R-U-B-I-N. It's like his art is the, uh, the best way to describe it. It's hard to describe. It's very ethereal. It's very unique. It's very strange. It's like blending Alice in Wonderland with a 40s, 50s kind of vibe and kind of mixing in some Don Bluth, Disney kind of style of cartooning is the best way to sort of describe it. It's very simple in his his facial gestures, yet very realistic. I love that about it, but it's very otherworldly. And, and that's even with his coloring, he does such like perfect such a perfect pairing for black hammer he always has these sort of orange and yellow paint splashes and swatches that and and swirls and kind of scrapings that give the all of his skylines this very unique and kind of signature look that is very much david rubin but it is just it's just gorgeous check out his art on black hammer issue number 12 david rubin at david rubin on everything and this week's cover artist winner is Trevor McCarthy. Yes, you can follow him on online and everywhere at 
Trevor MC112. His very iconic kind of World War II propaganda style postering for comic for the comic book Nightwing, New Order issue number one. So he won the cover art of the week. It's just such amazing symmetry and framework. Reminds me of Danny Luckert. You can see that Danny Luckert and I had an interview on the feed there recently. He's the artist for a comic called Regression. But the, some of that framework reminded me of Danny Luckert here. He uses the American flag on both sides to kind of frame it very nicely. And it's just has this, like I said, World War II propaganda style. It's very kind of ominous. And, uh, and I love also the just his unique like paintbrush style. You have to see it. It's very, has again like kind of quick swashes is the best way to describe it in my own way. But it's so uniquely lit. It, it just very much paints a perfect picture, picture about the, uh, in this ominous way of what's going to be happening in this comic. And it really ties that together really well. And the coloring is just these deep, rich, dark kind of colors that just scream the tone of Gotham City. So it captures that as well with this like red skyline. And he does some very unique sort of symbols that are listed here from the very from very small to sort of the globe center of the flag holder to the background behind Nightwing in this and his very just gloriously just etched out perfectly symmetrically behind Nightwing in this very iconic kind of look for the Nightwing symbol but it has this just like I said it's very kind of fascist I don't know this this uh propaganda style poster but I love it you have his sort of bat army down at his at his at his feet and it's just like, if you saw this poster up uh, anywhere, you would want to buy it. It's just, it's just glorious looking, and uh, you have to see it. Nightwing, uh, the New Order, issue number one, by Trevor McCarthy. You can follow him again at Trevor MC one one two. So iconic, so World War II propaganda e. You're gonna love it. I totally do, and I love the way it ties into the comic oh so well. And I have to mention. A variant cover, which really was awesome, just bonkers and amazing, from Paul Pope. And it, uh, you can follow him, by the way, at Comics Destroyer. I love his his social media tag. It's a variant cover that I could not get. My comic book shop did not have it, and I scoured a little at a few places, could not get it for a reasonable kind of price that I wanted to get into. I still may break down and get it, but it's amazing. It's Paul Pope. I mean, check it out, folks. It's uh, It's got like this... Again, behind him, this this says up, up, and away, and that very, the Nightwing symbol that has that very propaganda look behind it, but just Nightwing in this fighting stance, and Paul Pope's unique painting style, which is very splattery, you have to kind of see it, but gotta give props to Paul Pope for his variant cover. Go put your eyes on it. Your eyes will be happy, and your eyes will smile, which is scary to think about. But anyway, in the breakdown, <laughs> this week I read 17 comics, and seven of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. So no, not quite that 50% where I want to live. So it's been two or three weeks. We haven't had that 50% level, which I like to be at. But still, an excellent week of comic books. Now, new number ones. I always tell you how many I have just so in case you really want to jump into the new number ones, which is a good thing to do because it can always be fun. Like you're not missing anything. Like you're not late to the party. But only one, a new number one this week. And it made it to the Great Ones list, which is Nightwing. Uh, the New Order issue number one, which we'll get into in a, in a sec here, but it was excellent. But we're going to break it down. So anyway, let's get into my top comic book recommendations. This is the great ones, folks. This is the list. Get your pencils out. This is the great comic books that came out. New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, August 23rd. I really do seriously consider these the greatest ones this week. So go and get them. Go to a local comic book shop and buy these immediately. So let's jump into the countdown. There's seven of them. So coming in at number seven is from Image Comics. 
shirtless bear fighter issue number three. And this is from the creative mind of Jody Lahup, Sebastian Gurner, and Vil Vendrel. Written by Jody Lahup and Sebastian Gurner. Art by Nil Vendrel. And color by Mike Spicer. One of the best in the business. But very animated, very cartoony style. Hilarious, makes me laugh. It's when I don't have I Hate Fairyland uh, in my in the poll in the week. This is the other one I totally look forward to because it's got me laughing. It's strange. It is a, a large man at times, uh, completely naked, thankfully pixelated out in his uh, primary junk area. Thank goodness. <laughs> but uh, you can pay the guy in flapjacks, and he'll go out and and take care of these these strange bears that are under some sort of strange mind control from a toilet paper company, <laughs> yes, and they are um, the villains in this story. They are just uh, wreaking havoc in neighborhoods, just being bears, doing bear stuff. But that's why we have the shirtless bear fighter, and yes, if he's wearing a shirt, it is his kryptonite. That's right, shirts are his kryptonite. <laughs> they reveal that here, and it's hilarious. And uh, <laughs> there's no explanation to it, there's no rhyme or reason. It makes no sense at all, but it's just wacky, cartoony fun. It's something that I wish they would have like on Adult Swim at night, like after Rick and Morty or something. I really do hope they animate this. I think it would be hilarious. But he's going after the Fuzzy Wipes Corporation <laughs> because they are somehow brainwashing bears into being villains. But uh, at this point in the series, he is captured by the evil, dastardly owner of, <laughs> of this toilet paper company. And he's sort of being tortured in, in, in its own sort of weird way that is very much, uh, very much defines shirtless bear hunter. So you have to see that portion. I don't want to tell you the torturing aspect because it's hilarious. But uh, even the shirt that he's wearing is a riot. Another little small, little nicely placed gags here and there. Just kind of like what things say on people's shirts and road signs and so on. Very much like Chew. Go and get Chew. Trust me. Hilarious. Good times. But... Yeah, they even bring out this golden commode at one point for our evil villain, uh, the owner of Fuzzy Wipes, to just, to where he just drops a deuce right in front of people. He doesn't care. <laughs> He's that kind of, kind of uh, mustache twirling, pink turtleneck wearing kind of villain. Yeah, he's a little bit out there. But there's actually some heartfelt sort of flashback, a uh, flashback moment here of Shirtless Bear Fighter and really what happened to him and why he is the way he is. And it actually kind of works. It's, it's a little bit, Kind of takes a pause from the wacky and gives you this little this little flashback that kind of breaks your heart in a little bit of a way and tells you why he is the way he is, why he is this this hell bent you know anti hero on on punching bears in the face until they're out of commission. But uh, it's a hilarious good time. You got to go see it. It's only on issue number three. Shirtless bear fighter. It's fun. Your face will hurt from smiling the whole time. It's just wacky and out there. And I hope they make an animated series out of this. I love it. And that's our number seven. So coming in at number six is Eternal Empire, issue number four. This is uh, from Image Comics. This is from Jonathan Luna and Sarah Vaughn. Uh, Jonathan Luna is the artist, but also kind of helps with the script. But the primary writer is Sarah Vaughn. And this really is this world-building issue here that just kind of lets you live in the world that is Empire. That is this Eternal Empire. 
And I love when comics do that of this sort of epic nature. It's very kind of swords and sandals and uh, it has this very much kind of Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones kind of feel to it. Otherworldly kind of thing where dragons are even here. And there is this these couple from two different sort of factions and, uh, and, and race that have a very similar power and this strange connection between them where they see visions together. They're able to create sort of fire swords and use fire in kind of unique ways. And they don't know why they have these powers. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing, but they've escaped their sort of slave camps because both of them live in these horrible slave camps. And they were able to escape them and find each other in the middle of this giant, very kind of mostly unpopulated, strange fantasy kind of land. And this gives you time to kind of see how their friendship or maybe love is developing, but you're not really sure. It seems more like getting to know each other and see what their races were like and what kind of food they ate in these in these other lands that they were living in and and talking about, you know, the world and how it is as they they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. They have these powers. I mean, maybe they're just supposed to escape and live in the mountains and live alone and fall in love and have babies. They don't really know. It's just them kind of finding their way, but they really Jonathan Luna really leaves just lays out some epic beautiful landscapes here to really give you a feel. It kind of reminds me when I read Lord of the Rings a million years ago. The the author would describe valleys and mountains and waterfalls kind of at length sometimes at, sometimes even at nauseum, I'll be honest, but but it's still laying out the tapestry that is this world. They do that here in Eternal Empire. So it kind of takes a break from everything that's happening. They also are kind of training. I love that development where they're trying to figure out how to use their sort of fire swords and and kind of test the limits of their powers. And they're just traveling, not really sure what to do. They hide mostly when they see populated areas, but they're you're getting this sense that they maybe just can't hide anymore. And maybe they need to step out of the shadows and from behind trees and and take a deeper look into this world and maybe they need to be part of trying to make it better and I like that it's just not so quickly and easily done and isn't even answered here as far as what their calling is but I just like the time that they're taking to lay out some of these landscapes and lay out their sort of development of their friendship which is first in this maybe love will follow who knows but I'm just really enjoying it. You're only on issue number four. Go get Eternal Empire. Jonathan Luna's work has a unique kind of very realistic, very simple facial gestures, very clearly lit, and everything is always so very perfectly simple and expressed in a way that you know exactly what is happening at all times. There's never ever that sort of confusion of art. It's that kind of style, very simple panels, but yet they're telling a very sweeping, very large scale story here. And uh, I'm all in. So go check out Eternal Empire. It's only on number four, but it's easily our number six pick of the week. So coming in at number five is from Image Comics as well. This is The Dying and the Dead, issue number five. And this, actually, I looked at the start date of this. It came out in 2015, and we're only on issue number five. So do the math. Holy mackerel, they've really let you wait a long period of time between this. I had to go back and read all the other five four issues because i kind of forgot what it was about but it came back quickly and it's a very strange interesting story about this these other being this other race that lives deep within earth in the earth that are kind of immortal that all look like walking moon knights they're just sort of monochromatic and they're and they look very much like uh, just the family of moon knights 
And they're, they're ultimately plotters, manipulators of the world to sort of build their fortune and be this hidden empire beneath the earth that is ultimately controlling a lot more than we've known and weaved very much into the real world. That's the best way to describe it. And there is this man that is a, a, an ex-World War II veteran that they've approached to kill a particular person in the previous issues, which he hasn't done yet. And that isn't that hasn't begun. That part of that story isn't begun yet. He did accept this. His wife is ill, so they said they would heal his wife. And the issue number four, by the way, of Dying of the Dead had this great layout of what their under underworld looked like. This this giant chasm that is the world of the dying and the dead. I would imagine that's their group. And I don't, I don't know if they necessarily name them, but this actually takes a step into describing the uh, just this horrific World War II story, this flashback of that primary character that's been asked to assassinate someone that is within the dying and the dead immortal group somehow. I don't know if he's how he's going to kill them or if they're going to help him, give him some sort of weapon. We haven't gotten there yet. It's very much taken their time. By the way, this is Jonathan Hickman, so he does take his time with stories. He's doing a lot of other stuff. And this is art by Ryan Bodenheim. Beautiful art, by the way. Almost art winner of the week. Uh, it's just so gorgeously hyper-detailed. Very, very violent. Very gory style of art and also done in this very strange kind of light mauve kind of light uh violet uh entire hue done in it switches sometimes and goes a little more hard orange but it's this gray kind of mauve that they really live in through the entire comic great for flashbacks by the way especially world war ii flashback it's just it's it, it, i don't know it just fits and pairs so very well to see an entire comic in this kind of hue but Dying in the Dead, this is just a just a gripping war action story here of our main character and his four or five friends. Even in the cover, they show the men and what they look like now and how they're old. And their reflection in this water and this pool they're standing in shows them young uh, with uh, these World War II bomber planes sort of flying by. Great, great cover. Almost cover winner of the week, uh, Dying in the Dead, issue number five. But... Really, that's all you're going to get. There is something that happens at the end that's really kind of interesting leading into 6. This also has that director's cut uh, action-packed kind of thing going on. I love that where they just give you a ton of content at the very end uh, in sketch style, pencil style to kind of show you how the sausage is made. I love that when comics do that. You just feel like you're getting a little more for your buck. And go and see this. It's it's crazy interesting. I think they're going to be on a little more regular like schedule from now. I don't know what was going on with Hickman before, but... I've looked ahead and looks like Comixology has like six and seven back to a monthly schedule. So you can see five, six and, se five, six and seven on time finally. So go back and read all of these. There's they're kind of moments of some heavy, intense, large amount of dialogue and then also very little to no dialogue. So there's definitely that mixture there. And Jonathan Hickman, of course, has to mix in some weird circle symbols all over the place. Uh, but what is this yet? I don't quite know. It's just like I said, this strange other sort of beings that have lived on earth deep within the earth that are manipulating the entire world and want to have someone in their own in their own race destroyed by a normal human so but this is just a world war ii story giving you backstory on the group there that he more than likely will team up with to kill this dying in the dead member that he's hired to to save and make his wife healthy because she's like dying of cancer i think so interesting story dark stuff but super good dying in the dead check it out so coming in at number four is our is Black Hammer issue number twelve, and this is from Dark 
Horse Comics, written by Jeff Lemire, and uh, our art winner, David Rubin. Again, check him out, at David Rubin, on everything. But uh, his art is glorious, like I said. It's a mixture of Alice in Wonderland in the 40s and 50s, yet also has this very strange Don Bluthy kind of cartoon style. But it's just very unique with all these weird kind of paint swashes and splatters and a lot of like skylines like I said filled with like orange and yellow and blue and it's just a it's just a colorful mess and uh, he also lives in in pinks a lot but I really love that but Black Hammer has been this great story about uh, 10 years they this this group these golden age heroes have been trapped in this little strange farmland Black Hammer farm and uh, they don't really remember how they got there they are trying to escape one character named Black Hammer. When he tried to escape, he exploded. <laughs> and uh, it was gruesome. Well, now Black Hammer's daughter, who was living in the, in the normal world, is now trapped in this world and trying to find out why they're there, how, how they can, can they escape. She's going to libraries, finding that there's nothing in the history books about this town. So it's like purgatory. Maybe they're all dead. Who knows? But they're, they don't have memory of how they got there. So it's this interesting mysterious premise and this this issue is set on this flashback 10 years ago when the a group in their this uh, golden age of heroes a, a member of the of the golden age of heroes kind of left the group he was like this doctor uh dr star was his name you don't really know what his powers are but he looks like a regular guy now and he's sort of talking to the people after this massive war and uh and all the characters disappeared so he's kind of make, had this giant press conference, this memorial, if you will, to the Golden Age team that is Abraham Slam, Golden Gale, Barbalian, Colonel Weird, Madam Dragonfly, and the Black Hammer. And so after this, the young daughter is there, uh, you know, memorializing her father. And uh, the doctor tries to have a kind word with her that turns horrible because he sort of says hey one day you could be like your dad and the mom is like what dead i don't think so and they have sort of harsh words for each other i mean they are memorializing black hammer and his death but this doctor is he's uh, you could tell lack of people skills but very scientifically minded and i like the way they're building this character jeff lemire is a master classman in the character development area but this shows you sort of the deep care and the deep love that she has for her father and that that there is one point where the doctor sort of gives her something to move on. That's all I'm going to tell you because it's very cool what that element is, what it is for her to move on in her life and to sort of forget her father and try to live her life. And her answer ultimately that is no. I'm going to find my father. It feels like to me like he's still alive until I see his corpse or I see him walking and he's alive. I'm going to hunt my father down. And so you just really get this... It's very well, beautifully sculpted and beautifully drawn by David Rubin. Uh, feeling of this daughter's love for her father. That's what this is really about. So, uh, yeah, I'm getting choked up. But anyway, that that's all I want to tell you. Because there's a couple of unique sort of re reveals in this. And a very kind of cool cliffhanger ending at the end of this. But uh, Black Hammer, go back in the feed. Black Hammer has been a top pick consistently. It's been art winner consistently. Cover winner even. I love when Dean Ormson does the art, but I also love when David Rubin is doing it because his work in that comic book, Ether, has been amazing. I'm, I, if I had to pick one, I don't know if I had a gun to my head, but maybe David Rubin edges him out a little bit for me because it's just so otherworldly. Uh, Dean Ormson's a little more on the realistic side of things, and uh, David Rubin's a little more on the cartoony kind of fun side of things and otherworldly. But anyway, they're both awesome, both amazing. 
But uh, check out Black Hammer. It's been solid. This is issue number 12. Art winner of the week, David Rubin. Beautiful stuff. But now here we go. We are into the top three. So breaking into the top three, the best of three here. Coming in at number three is our cover art winner of the week, Nightwing. New Order, issue number one. And this is from DC Comics, of course. And this is written by... Uh, the last name is Higgins, is his name, and of course DC never likes to put anything in the right place. Here we go. It's uh, writer Kyle Higgins, who we've, we love. He's done other stuff before. There's a Batman series that he did. I can't think of the name of it, but I really enjoyed it. But Kyle Higgins, we haven't seen him in a while. He's back. And the cover artist winner, Trevor McCarthy. And he, he does the cover art and the entire art in the interior, which is just glorious. Dean White on colors. So very realistic, very dark and deep and rich very Gotham vibey kind of colors so it feels very much like a Batman comic that you love but this isn't a strange year 2040 uh, it's a kind of what-if story whereas if Nightwing found a device of some sort to become so well, I want to tell you the number one sort of crime-fighting element of Gotham City and even Metropolis potentially so they do give you a glimpse into what happens to the other heroes. I don't want to just spoil that aspect because it's a cool visual. Some of the internet has spoiled it out there, but trust me, uh, what happens to the heroes is kind of interesting as to they don't tell you everything that happens to them, so you still kind of want more as to what happens to all the heroes. But, but Dick Grayson is the head of Gotham in the sort of crime-fighting division or the, the last of the superheroes with a uh, kind of... Batman soldier team that that follows him but there's no Batman here there's no Robin there's no anyone uh, so what happens to them is a little in itself an interesting aspect aspect of this what if kind of story but um, there is a group of people following Nightwing and like I said he is he is the number one crime fighter he's the commissioner he's the you know the colonel of the of this sort of bat army he is it all of it and you come to find out that he has uh, been doing something to people with powers so he ultimately felt that all of the power in these people powered individuals metas or metahumans whatever you want to call them in the dc world have only called caused the world uh, a, a lot of pain suffering and death and he does something to sort of eradicate people with powers and yet there's a lot of blowback to that there is uh, kind of a lot of social injustice to that there's a, a very much a metaphor into kind of things that are happening in, the, in our world today uh, Alfred is still there, so you see a very much an older Alfred, and uh, he's very much the same in a lot of ways, but he is uh, he's definitely that moral compass for Dick here when they're sitting having dinner, and Dick Grayson has a son, and we don't know much about him yet, but the heart of it for me is like Dick Grayson kind of sitting down with his grandfather, who is Alfred, and having this conversation, this this sort of deep conversation about what he's chosen to do with the metahumans and is that the right thing? And what about people's choices? And Alfred is there slightly nudging, but Dick Grayson is he's very much written in this way that he is this just kind of stubborn, hey, it's my way and my way was right and look at how the world is. He very much believes in his cause and I like that a lot. And that's very much at its core of why this is super good. And I am, I've added it to the pull list. I'm definitely going to read these. It's a limited series. I want to say it's six issues. It's right at the top of the page. I'm going back over there. Yes. Number one of six miniseries. This what if weird story. If all there was was Dick Grayson left as a hero uh, slash commissioner slash colonel 
of all that is the, you know, military protection police force of the world is just Dick Grayson and his family of people behind him. Yeah, a lot of power for one guy to have. Kind of frightening. Where is this going to go? I- I'm, I'm in. All the way. Check it out. Nightwing New Order issue number one. Beautiful art, by the way, and art cover winner. Easily. So check it out. Coming in number two is from Marvel Comics. Issue number 24 of Doctor Strange. And this was the surprise winner for me. I was really surprised that it uh, it made this high of ranking. But after reading it and once or twice, this cannot be denied as a serious contender for top pick of the week. The top three were like almost equal. I mean, you can almost consider them all number ones. But uh, this the art uh, in Doctor Strange... Um, it, it's um, one that I, it's growing on me slowly. It's very hyper detailed, kind of gritty look, but I sort of miss Chris Bocciolo. And uh, but this is, by the way, writer Dennis Hopeless doing a great job on taking the mantle of writing Doctor Strange here. And artist and colorist Nico Henriksen definitely growing on me here. But there were a lot of aspects of this that that screams this would be almost a great Doctor Strange sequel right here. I mean, he is uh, he's fighting Mordu. I think that's his name. I'm so bad with the names in Doctor Strange, but it's uh, it's even the guy that's in the Doctor Strange movie at the end. But um, I want to say his name is Mordu, um, Bor- but uh, this ties into the Secret Wars or whatever it is with Captain America being a, a Hydra agent and uh, parts of of New York being covered in this strange bubble, like a prison bubble for people, and ultimately kind of Hydra is sort of taking over New York. And uh, and Mordu's part of that, but he um, but Doctor Strange is very uh, lessened in his powers, and you have the whole street level of defenders that are all caught in these bubbles. They're all Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Daredevil, um, even uh, the uh, the I want to say his name's the I forgot his name, but anyway, um, they're trapped. So it's really just comes down to Spider Woman and versus and Doctor Strange versus Mordu. And he's still kind of magically powered where Doctor Strange is not and he has to use sort of artifacts. I mean even Ben Riley this uh, or Ben Urich the, the the journalist in the town has the uh, has this strange um, artifact that enables him to be sort of this uh, this white knight where it's kind of like an avatar if you will and Urich is controlling his avatar. And all that's not going well. And even um even Fisk, even the the Kingpin himself has uh, this strange artifact uh, that he wears around his neck that makes him this sort of shadow monster. And it's gruesome. And it's very uh, well drawn, by the way. And so that's all kind of fallen by the wayside, and it really just comes down to Mordu versus Doctor Strange. And one thing that surprised me in this was how they've written him as kind of a jokester. I mean, he's kind of a, reminds me a little bit of, of the way they write Spider-Man. He's just smart-alecky and snarky, but also having fun with it. And I was really surprised that Mordu was written, you know, in that way, but really loved it. I thought it was hilarious. There's some great quippy little one-liners that Mordu and Doctor Strange dish out at each other here. They're, they have a long history. It's very much uh, depicted in that way here. And, you know, how is he going to handle Mordu that's, that's powered up and he's way powered down, Doctor Strange is. So he has to sort of uses wits and there's kind of a unique way that this all goes down i'm not going to spoil it of course but you have to it was a nice twist that kind of pleasantly surprised me and i just had a lot of fun with this it was uh maybe the action winner i mean besides dying in the dead of just being that world war ii but it was this was that was a little darker grittier gruesome and and gory this was just you know fun magic and new york and there's even spider woman flying in this um 
like a World War II biplane and, uh, you know, has a machine gun mounted to it. And she has sort of these temporary kind of Green Lantern powers is the ultimate way to describe it. She's created this out of will or, or her mind or imagination, this biplane, World War II biplane that's, that has a machine gun strapped to it. So, uh, but all that aside, it comes down to this awesome fight between Mordu and Doctor Strange. And it's just a ton of fun to see. So, uh, see it. I hope they do some of that in, in Doctor Strange 2, whenever that comes in 2020, you know, who knows, but there's, you know, a ton of, uh, of, of, like I said, artifacts and astral projections and magic and, and strange, strange, uh, dome-like, uh, prison cells. It's just, it's a ton of fun. It's action-packed and it kind of ends the arc in a really hilarious way. The last couple of pages are hysterical. You have to see what Dr. Strange does. He, he, uh, he's very much off the beaten path, kind of odd, strange character if you will but i'm really enjoying it uh i've i can't believe i've really been in it this long for mission number one of dr strange so i've been seriously enjoying it so go get it it's a ton of fun action-packed you know magic superhero fight versus supervillain good stuff but the one that beat them all number one the numero uno the creme de la creme the number one pick of the week this week coming in number one here we go is from image comics plastic issue number five of five and another kind of surprise pick for me like i said the one two and three were all kind of evenly ranked if you will this just edged them out because i've just really been enjoying this very weird over the top kind of psycho killer with a code um if you like dexter very twisted violent tale of a man that's in love with his sex doll yes it's weird by all accounts we should not be rooting for this guy He's just on this, but he's on this revenge mission, I guess. That's why we root for him. Uh, to kill this organized crime family that stole the doll of his dreams, Virginia. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's dark, it's weird, it's twisted. He has this this code, as I said, like a Dexter-like code. And they've and this it's this smaller sort of tale of this, this organized crime family that stole his doll and just blackmailed him to do these, these evil killings and murders. And you sort of find out the outcome of that. Did he really kill these people? Is there things he did to sort of not kill good people? He definitely has this code. But it's an action-packed winner here where our, our main character, Edwin, Mr. Plastic. I've named him that. He's not really named that. Has finally come down to where he, uh, the group, the organized crime father, family, the head, the, the patriarch of, the, of, the, of this crime family, has finally decided to meet with him and make the trade-off. It's... Uh, he has the the crime the crime lord's uh, son, and the crime lord has his doll of his dreams, Virginia, and he's wired the place with plastic explosive. I love just the sort of overall theme. He even has these strange little those green army uh, little plastic toys, but they're done as like as just women. They're they're different. Like he makes them himself or something, and with intricate weapons and things it's, it's strange how they accent those in weird places i just love that by the way this is a um, story by doug wagner and this is art by daniel hilliard and if i follow them on everything you should check them out on instagram everything doug wagner and daniel hilliard great uh, what a wonderful collaboration between the two of them it's really just hit a home run for me especially in the final issue here but um yeah uh the very end of it is uh, just a blaze of glory moment. That's all I want to really tell you. And it's uh, he has Edwin has sort of a sidekick here that is a real person, a real woman that is kind of interested in him, but he just wants nothing to do with her because he loves his plastic doll that is Virginia. 
So yeah, he's weird and strange and twisted, but he's also like a very good person at heart and wants to, he knows that the evil that this crime family does and he wants to put them all down. And he kind of in a Rambo kind of style goes after them one by one. If you've ever seen Rambo 2, he just sort of slowly follows them, takes them out, hiding one by one in this very guerrilla style of action. That happens here, and it, maybe that's why I, I enjoyed it. It reminds me a bit of that. Not, It's not, say, a direct, you know, uh, homage to it, but it just has a little bit of that feel how he kind of takes out one person at a time in that kind of Rambo kind of way. Uh, they made you first blood, not me. You know, he doesn't say that, but anyway, it's in my head. But, um... There it is. Check it out. Uh, I, that's all I want to tell you because there's some great little reveals in this. But it's plastic. Issue number five of five. It's just weird. It's over the top. It's strange. If you like Dexter, if you like a killer with a code, uh, a Punisher kind of style person with a, a strange sort of kill code goes after an organized crime family, you're going to love this. And it's very messed up. It, it has some strange, odd sense of uh, sense of humor to it. And I love that. A kind of twisted, sick sense of humor. So this just for me was really... I don't know, it just really, I just was drawn to it in, in many ways. So go check out Plastic, it is super, super good stuff. Uh, you will not be disappointed. So there you go, that's the uh, the podcast, that's the whole list, that's podcast uh, 121. Please lock the vault door. Yes. So those are all my new comic book recommendations this week for new comic book day, August 23rd. Please go over to your local comic book shop or go to comic book finder or comicbooklocator.com and find a local shop near you. Buy these comics immediately. You'll be super happy. Tell them that Chris from Sunspots Comics sent you. They'll look at you weird. They won't know what that is, but that's fine. Uh, tell them about me. <laughs> but if you have any questions, comments, or you'd like a personal comic book recommendation, email me directly, chris at sunspotscomics.com. If I choose your email and discuss it on a future podcast, I will send you a comic book prize as a thank you from me personally. Please sign up for our newsletter on sunspotscomics.com contact. And please tune in next week for issue 122 of our podcast, where I'll be reading a list of 15 new comics that come out on August 30th with three new number ones, so potentially 18 comics I'll be reading to review and discuss for next week. And here is just a quick sneak peek into some of the awesome new comic books that are coming out next week for Podcast 122. So in no particular order, uh, Victor Laval's Destroyer, 4 of 6, Thanos number 10, I've been loving Thanos, just him being depowered and going after his son. Sword Quest number 3, been enjoying that based on the Atari video game and this weird uh, this guy is kind of sick and he's dying and going to try to find this sword that was actually given out as a gift if you played this old school Atari game so it kind of ties the old and the new in there spawn 277 coming out saga 46 uh, I can't wait to read saga I always do it's just a fantastic title you should definitely read immediately Jimmy's bastards number three it's been some kind of inconsistent release dates but I'm looking forward to Jimmy's bastards it's kind of 007, he has a, a lot of sex with a lot of women, and what if they all had children, and they all kind of formed this league to come after him. That's what Jimmy's Bastards is about. But And Hillbilly issue number 10 coming out next week, so great stuff on its way. Ooh, Black Magic from Nicola Scott, who's done Wonder Woman art forever. Beautiful artist, check out Nicola Scott, but Black Magic issue number 7 next week too. So that's just a little glimpse, a little peek into what's coming out. It's going to be an amazing week of new comic books, so... Please subscribe, listen in, and tell a nerd friend to check out sunspotscomics.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had a good time with it. I hope you saved some money, saved some time, and got a little positive vibe from it here. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to help us out, just go over to iTunes, give us a five-star review with some kind words, and I'll actually read it on the podcast here and personally thank you by, again, 
just mailing you a free little comic book related prize for writing us a nice positive review on iTunes. So please help us out and do that. We'd really appreciate it. So until next week, why don't you go spend some time with the ones that you love, especially if they're nerdy. And be like water, my friends. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.